Sorry, this is like so out of left field. Back to the lizard thing. <laughs> I was gonna say, what if this was like not a biopic and it's like about him becoming an alligator? <laughs> Stop. Ah. <laughs> I know that in Kaylee's mind, she imagined like a short little part. Of, I mean, like, the way my and brain then works. Sammy says an alligator. As soon as you said no, that, he I was is an alligator. Having a little chuckle in my head, I was picturing like a gator in bed with the newspaper. <laughs> But I don't say everything. Good one. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends explain, rate slash review, and decide whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. This means each week, two or one of us will explain a movie to the other two or one of us in its entirety. Since this is a center for spoilers, if you haven't seen this week's movie, tune out and tune back in once you have. For other spoiler timestamps, check out our Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies. Here's how it's going to go. We're going to start off with what we watched this week, move into some movie-related questions, followed by the explanation, and then we're going to close out with our watchlist ads and recommendations. You're listening to We Explain Movies. Welcome. I was going to delete all of that anyways. You were all fresh. That was mostly silence. (laughs) Maybe maybe cold opens. (laughs) You smell like weed. (laughs) Cold opens are best. I smell like weed. (laughs) Oh, it's the I smell like bees? Yeah. (laughs) Which I fucking hate. And so I smell like weed. Courtney hates it and I love it. It terrifies me. She's haunting. (laughs) This is the same chick who goes, it's for I don't want to work. I just want to go on a cruise. Yeah. Love Vine. Yeah, miss her. Rest in peace, sweet angel. (laughs) (laughs) So what did you watch this week? Well, what are we doing this week? (laughs) Oh, we are doing The Eyes of Tammy Faye, starring Jessica Jastain and Andrew Garfield. And a lot of prosthetics. And a lot of prosthetics. I I can't get over them. Yeah. (laughs) Watching the trailer. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So we'll do that. You heard the theme song. Kayleen, reintroduce what you just said. <laughs> Guys, what do you watch this week? Should we start with TV Land? TV Land? Yeah. Okay. Do we Only talk about shows that used to be on TV Land. Let's we watched do, Three's Company. Let's do me and you, then you and her, and then her and I. We'll love triangle. Oh, okay, cute. Love triangle. So we're starting with the premise? Starting with the premise. Which one was your favorite episode? I mean, of the John Burns. Okay, thank oh, God. Oh, yeah. I love John Burns. I watched all of the premise too. What the fuck? Maybe speak up now and again. <laughs> Sorry. I just like, I, honestly, I, I don't know if this is like an unpopular opinion, but it didn't stand out for me. Okay, I liked the show, but I was a little bit bummed because I loved the first one. The second one, I was like, that's what I fucking came here for. Yeah. And then not, neither, the ones after that, I don't think were as good as the first two. And that kind of bummed me out. So, you and I watched the first 20 minutes on your birthday. Yeah. And didn't I didn't get to finish the 10 minutes of the Ben Platt one, and it honestly didn't really grip me. And then I completely forgot you saying the John Barenthal one was your favorite. Oh. I hate John Barenthal. Went I went into it not knowing he would be there, and it blew me away. It, it was, was so fucking incredible. Good. I've been dying to show Daniel. Like, yeah. we've had conflicting schedules, and I just want to sit down and watch it with him again. And the next day, I was like, 
will Where's anything be as good as that? <laughs> and so I reluctantly like went through the final three, and I was like, I hate all of these topics. Yeah. But I went with the Lucas Hedges one, and I was cracking up. <laughs> that one was that one. I don't know why. Like I really liked that one, and then I was just kind of bummed with the way that it ended. Yeah. Like it was like I laughed at the joke, but I was kind of like, boo, it's over. Like it just felt like how some of his short stories end, where it's just kind of like, oh, that was the joke. Yeah. All right. And I think on. the problem with it is that his short story book, how many are in there? Maybe like thirty or something. So if there's a couple duds, it's like there's so there's many good else. ones, and yeah. this was only five episodes. So I was like, two awesome ones and three okay ones. Boo! Give me more. Yeah. Um, I thought the fourth one had a lot to say. It just felt very like which one was the fourth one? The Lola Kierke. Yeah, media. and it was the social media one, and um, I thought it had a lot to say, but it's kind of stuff that has been said. It was very Ingrid Goes West to me. Yeah. But yeah. then the butt plug one. <laughs> I like My that favorite one, part yeah. was BJ Novak introducing it, where he gives this like long-winded explanation yeah. about like just what fate means, and he just goes, "It's called butt plug." Yeah, <laughs> I like that too. I like. I thought that one was gonna be one of my favorites, and then I just didn't like the ending either. But it's also, I guess, that one left it a little ambiguous yeah, because I it was to like, ask "You guys, what you think the ending does? Is. Does he actually profit off of it and like become a millionaire or whatever? Like he could." Because he was like, oh, that guy's going to regret saying no to me. So, like, he could still take the yeah, butt plug and run with it. He so, could. I just, I kind which of... Which is a funny sentence. That is. <laughs> it looked to me like the boss character was taken aback by the fact that he, he was actually doing worked so really well. well. Yeah. But then at the end, it was like his plan all along to shut him down. I would have liked it better, I think, if his plan all along was to motivate this guy to be his own boss instead yeah. of sticking it to him. And I felt like he was sticking it to him, and he has this collection of butt plugs, and, like, that's the end of the story. And I, like, wanted instead for him to be like, and now this guy who was my bully has grown, and he can go become his own boss. You know what I mean? Which I think the bully gets. The bully will be fine. Right. I think he'll go and do it. My interpretation was the collection of butt plugs he has. He's done this a bunch to every bully he's ever had. But yeah. I wonder if all the other ones put in as much effort as the guy we saw. I, you know? I think some of them looked fancy and it's like, but I think he just loves meeting with his bullies and giving them this task and then at the end he's going to shut them down and it is just like a collection of who was willing to put in the effort. And it doesn't matter because he's already rich and then maybe the other guy will go and do something. I mean, it was a phenomenal butt plug. He'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I liked the ending because it does leave a lot up to interpretation. That was fun. I liked it. Would recommend. And it's only five episodes, so, like, what else are you doing? Do you two want to go? Kimmy and I finished Nine Perfect Strangers. Courtney is yet to decide if you want to finish it. I don't really care. I got it. Based on our letterbox reviews, I think you can tell that you did get it, because it, it, it really should have been a movie. There was not enough stuff to flush it out into a whole show, in my opinion. There were some really great acting moments. There were a couple of nice payoffs of, like... Oh, I've been waiting for that to happen. Yay. But it's like, was it earned after six episodes or could we have gotten there in a movie? Yeah, I was pretty upset. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was pretty weak television. And I know that's kind of harsh to say, but... It's not Big Little Lies. It's not Big Little Lies. Yeah. And that was a, a good fucking show mm-hmm. with, like, really detailed characters interesting likable characters yeah. actually not even all of them are super likable but they're still I interesting would die for those women. yeah <laughs> and i just thought that i'm waiting for a twist you know it got unlucky coming after the white lotus yeah cuz yeah. it's similar rich people nonsense yeah. and it came after 
Big Little Lies, which has a phenomenal twist, and it doesn't have one of those. It feels like it's, like, budding on something fantastical, but it's, it's still realism. Yeah. Oh, like, we're going to take a bunch of psycho drugs, and we're going to make dead people come back to life or whatever. That's not what happens. Like, it's pretty, like, bland. It's pretty obvious, yeah. I feel like. There's even, like, a moment in, was it the very final episode where we were like, oh, shit, this is dark. Like, everyone's going to die. And then it was, oh, that was another trick. Yeah. Nothing interesting's going to happen? Cool, cool. Yeah, (laughs) they felt like they were setting it up for something crazy, amazingly psycho to happen, and nothing really ever did. It was kind of a letdown. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't do it for me. Michael Shannon, love the big yum yum. The big yum yum. Michael Shannon, man. Just, like, round of applause for Michael Shannon. For life. He deserves for, that, I think. Yeah. For his life. Yeah. Us, we watched Midnight Mass. Midnight Mass. And yeah. Kayleen is gonna watch it? Yes. So, like, I'll say more and be spoilery when you have watched it, but incredible piece of television, incredible Mike Flanagan project, obsessed, and I loved it, and I will rewatch. Oh. What do you think? Because you didn't rate it. <laughs> I did not like it. Not at all? <laughs> I don't really know if it's for me. Mm. You know, it's very heavily... You know, I'm religiously just everyone on Letterboxd loves it. I know, I know. I know, and I did read all those. <laughs> like, she read every review. <laughs> I do. I read the reviews, and I'm like, change my mind. Change my mind. What am I not getting? Mm. What am I not understanding? And I had, you loved Bly Manor, and I had issues with Bly Manor, too. Bly Manor has issues. I love and will protect Hill House, and it's done nothing I wrong I love ever. Hill House, too. That was, that's my, my favorite one. Yeah. But Midnight Mass incredible and I, I would put it like on that level I don't know I, but the problem is I'm like hard-pressed to exactly specify like why mm. it rubbed me the wrong way without spoiling anything not a fan of what the spooky situation is love it yeah. <laughs> like vampires and I've already told Kayleen I know about vampires oh you know Kayleen, about vampires Kayleen was scared of like okay. religious demons no <laughs> it's vampires. vampires oh spoilers well spoilers I guess for midnight mass I just like I'm sick of fucking vampires man <laughs> like i'm sick of vampires i it grossed me out for some reason oh. i was super grossed out hmm. i didn't feel like the characters had very much depth like i love in hill house and i wish everybody would stop monologuing that's most people's problem with it i like to next review midnight monologues, midnight monologues was and it is some of those monologues really meant the world to me and i thought that they were beautifully written and spoke just deep into my soul mm-hmm. and my philosophy on life and religion and belief and it was just mm. really powerful yeah and i cried so much during the last episode Ooh. like I, every yeah. beat hit me you know you know how to stick a landing but i don't know i i was like dragging through it so I'm really glad you liked it. I and maybe it. it just, like, isn't for me. It's not something I'm connected with. I don't, like, the religious themes or whatever is maybe not something that's like, feels nostalgic for me or anything mm. like that. It made me Catholic again. <laughs> <laughs> Only so I can turn to the vampires. But also, like, it was, it, it just was so Stephen King-ish. And, like, the amount of times that I've had to read Stephen King talk for 200 pages about a character who's going to die, like, right away... And yet I've lived this whole life with them. That's kind of what the monologues felt like to me. Not that anyone who monologues dies, but it's like, no, I'm getting your entire life story the same way Stephen King is like when Billy was six. <laughs> Here's what you need to know before you find out Billy gets shot in the face. Like, yeah. it's a lot. Well, Dakota and I just finished The Circle, and we decided to move on to Midnight Mass next. Good. So. Totally the same vibe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People get eliminated. Am I right or am I right? Uh, speaking of eliminated, <laughs> oh let's talk Squid Game. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> the ultimate elimination. Courtney and I both watched Squid Game. Yes. I wasn't going to watch it. I don't think it's for me. I don't really like gore and stuff. Senseless gore and that's a large part of Squid Game. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, okay, fine, you know, I'll turn it on. And I really, really liked it. It's amazing. There was no way I could escape it. My students were hounding me. Mm-hmm. I, hounding I, me. I'm subbing, so I only, I pretty much meet students, and then it's like, what are they going to ask me today? And one kid went, have you seen Squid Game? And I said, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, kid. And then now he hates me. Uh, say yes and say, I'd be good at red light, green light. <laughs> I would be terrible at the umbrella game. <laughs> <laughs> the third and fourth task fucked me up, my dude. <laughs> But yeah, that's what I'll say. And then you could just start crying a little bit and go, marbles, marbles. I just like... And you won't need to say anymore. This is a fun spoiler-free review. Yeah. 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 It was rough. Anxiety-inducing. I would fail everything. Yeah, tug-of-war scared the shit out of me. That that part really... That part. Really, part. like, I was not breathing when I was watching it. Oh, God. Yeah. It was so scary. Yeah, I just can't imagine, like, being faced with... You're essentially, like, walking the plank. Yep. I don't think I can handle that mentally. <laughs> no, we played Russian roulette with a Nerf gun, and that was so scary. <laughs> <laughs> we did that before you came oh, over Kimmy and Daniel there. shot no, you. Here. <laughs> yeah, we were playing Russian roulette, and I got hit in the chin. Oh, my God. <laughs> you would be jawless. Squid Game slapped. Love it. Really recommend it. It's got a lot to say in terms of social commentary, and I just really appreciate that it was a Korean show that is mm-hmm. still number one on Netflix. And it just proves we should be watching things from all over the world. We don't need American versions of things. Mm-hmm. We can appreciate what South Korea is doing because, oh God, it's so good. So good. Yeah. I also, I'm going to misquote this tweet, but I love the tweet. I wish I knew who tweeted it because they deserve credit. But it said, the Korean entertainment industry will thrive whether or not the American yeah. entertainment industry gives it value, yeah. you know, or something. I'm really, really paraphrasing. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, why do we think we're the only entity here? Just in terms of, like, other entertainment industries, the French, they're fucking wild. They're donkers. The French, uh, I went and saw Titanium this week. In French, it's Titan, and I'm not going to say that. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how Keeks was pronouncing it, and I was like, yeah. is it really Titan? In English, it's Titanium, yeah. <laughs> and I feel much more comfortable saying that. Can I spoil the whole movie for you? Because I'm dying to tell the plot to somebody. I already know one of the big spoilers. Okay, here we go. So, (laughs) it opens with this little girl being a shit to her dad in the back of the car, and he crashes the car, and she gets a head injury, and then she is given, like, a titanium plate in her head, and when she gets out of the hospital, she hugs the car, and she kisses it, and she hates her dad, and she loves the car. Flash (laughs) forward, like, 20 years later, she's this dancer living her life. One day, she leaves one of her dance shows where she she dances on top of a car, and a guy tries to assault her, and he kind of gets away with some of it, and then she takes one of these sticks out of her hair and stabs it through his ear, and I'm like, holy shit, she just killed him, and I'm like, ooh, I'm on your side. I love you. I love you, bitch. Uh, Turns out that she's just a serial killer, (laughs) and then we're like following this serial killer who goes on a crazy rampage where she's hooking up with this girl, kills her, and then kills everyone in her house. And I'm like, you're not making me like you, you serial killer. And then she sees these posters for this boy who went missing 10 years ago and what he looks like aged up. And she's like, I could make myself look like that. (gasps) Shaves her head, breaks her nose, and poses as him and binds her chest and is like, I'm that little boy. And his family takes her in, but not before. She has sex with a car. She has sex yeah. with a car. I feel like I'm high right now. And she gets, That's the big spoiler I She am. gets pregnant 
from the car. That's and there's so a whole spoiler, scene where the, the, the car is, like, moving and she's fucking the car and the car impregnates her. I thought it was just from her gyrating on the car. I didn't know there was a sex scene. Oh, there's scene. a sex scene where she's wow. inside the car fucking it. Wow. <laughs> and she becomes car pregnant. She lives her life <laughs> pretending to be this little French boy. And the dad, like, is a fireman and he loves her so much. And <laughs> the firemen all have dance parties. <laughs> and then... I knew this movie wasn't then, for me. <laughs> and then her titties, they start um, lactating oil and ah. her body gets ripped apart with like metal coming out of it because the car baby's trying to kill her what and I'm just like I'm like what's happening Julia DeCorda what have you done I'm to me I'm so surprised you are willing to just do this quick spoiler instead of being like we have to do it on the podcast oh I, I couldn't put myself through it again it's phenomenal but like my brain will explode if I do anything more than just tell you right now <laughs> So when she is, like, in labor and it's looking like everything is grim, she goes out into the woods to, like, die. But then it's like, no, I'm going to go back and I'm going to fuck the guy who thinks I'm his son. And, like, (laughs) shows that she's actually not the son, she's a woman. And she, like, smooches up and snuggles next to the dad and he's, like, trying to deliver the car baby. (laughs) And then the movie ends with the baby being born and we see that it has a metal spine and it's a little titanium baby. End of movie. <laughs> what the fuck? Did... I left out a lot, but wow. from the first time I saw a trailer, I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared you were going to go, no, Sweet Film Talk watched it. I'm going to watch it. I was like, oh, no. I have to tell I, you. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, God, do I have to go see it? But I had already spoiled the car pregnancy, and so I was like, I don't think I need to see it. I'm obsessed. It was insane. Wow. It was so wild. And like, Raw, which is her first movie. Oh, right. I'm trying oh. to Raw is so good, and it's. It's fantastical like that, but nobody fucks a car. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. And so I just really appreciate art from other countries, because the French, they know what's up. It was a very good movie. Yeah, American audiences couldn't even. Yeah, like, I'm kind of like, all right, Scandinavia out here. Iceland, you want to go and tell me about your lamb baby? All right. Yes, (laughs) I want the lamb baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just really appreciate what we're doing cinematically. Yeah, see, again, Lamb Baby, I was like, that's not for me. (laughs) When she's walking her little lamb son, no thank you. (laughs) That's White Phillip. (laughs) Exactly. White Phillip. Oh, my God. That's something I watched this week that I was very, very excited to tell you about, and I got the reactions I wanted. (laughs) Too bad the listeners can't see our faces because mine was plastered in one position the whole time. I watched Malignant on your guys' recommendation. What? Kayleen watched it? No, I just know what it's about. No, oh. it's, it's made for Kimmy. I oh, did I not thought, recommend it. I thought you guys <laughs> talked about it like you had watched it together. No. I never spoke to Kayleen about it. Oh. And my review said this wasn't for me. <laughs> so. <laughs> it was for my triplet friend, Kimmy. Well, you guys know why I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> of course. Right? Yeah. So I don't know how much I want to talk about my personal life. Um, We've talked about more on here. Have we talked about? Should I talk about it now? Sure. (laughs) Okay. When I was 18, I had surgery. (laughs) It was on the back of her head to remove a giant Voldemort-like boy. (laughs) His name was Gabriel. Without, like, getting into too much detail, they checked some shit out. They were like, you have, you know, a cyst. We should probably remove it. Got to take it out. And then they let it slide that this shit is like, if 
if there was, here's the extra material that could have gone into. So my sister and I joke around that I had like a third <laughs> twin that I ate or whatever, like in my Big Fat Greek wedding. And then I named it Mort, whatever. It's fucking hilarious. Mort, whatever. <laughs> you shouldn't be embarrassed. It, it's kind of nasty. You have no control over that. <laughs> you were of- quite literally in the womb. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways... The second I heard the twist, I was like, this movie's about Kimmy! I turned I it on. Connection. <laughs> I don't know if anybody has seen it, but she has, like, some kind of twin on the back of her head. And when, when it's revealed, a fucking jaw dropped, okay? <laughs> I, I just, like, texted the group, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> this shit's about me. And, um... See, aren't you lucky that you removed Mort from your body? I guess, yeah. Then I could also, you know, be a serial killer. Yeah, I, I really loved with a fighting style, though, when she, like... It's backwards? That's what I heard. Backwards. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, it took a turn, and I was like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> um, that gave me a chuckle. Will I ever watch it again? <laughs> Fuck no. No, I won't. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that's all I watched. I wanted to just briefly touch on Tower of Terror, because we watched that, like, a week ago. Yeah. And I haven't seen it since I was young, and I just want to say, anyone out there listening who's a parent or who wants to have kids someday, this is like baby's first horror movie. It's dope. (laughs) Like, I just was having these flashbacks to watching some of the scenes as a kid, and while they are not scary to me as an adult the way they were as a kid, I was like, this is just, someone made such a beautiful movie that was like, scary enough to not scar your children with enough like storytelling techniques to help okay. your kids understand what these kinds of movies are like and then you can still watch it as an adult and be like oh nostalgia it was awesome Good highly twist. recommend um and then the last thing that i wanted to talk about is trick or treat which i watched <laughs> for the first time and I think that I like it more reflecting on it than I did when I watched it. <laughs> because weirdly, the more I was thinking about it, I was just like, what a fun movie this would be to watch on Halloween. Just because of the vibes and the fact that it is all about the actual act of trick-or-treating and like the little pumpkin boy. And it's yeah. just very... And it's so much about like the lore of Halloween. But I was like, I don't know what I expected it to be. Something about it was, like, missing for me, and so as I was watching it, I was kind of like, meh, and then in retrospect, I'm like, but you know what? I kind of want to, like, show it to Dakota now, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's a movie I would come back for because of the vibes. You know I like I mean? all the... It, yeah, I think my favorite one was fun. with the bus, when they go down into the swamp. Yeah. I really liked that really? creepy girl. I really like Sam. He's adorable. <laughs> I don't like Sam. I love Sam. <laughs> and I, I thought that it's such a funny punchline, the Anna Paquin one, of like, yeah. your first time and all this. That's fun. Yeah, I yeah. like that. <laughs> it also started to heavily remind me of Tales from the Crypt. I was like, the way that, like, when the little boy is like, you have to help me with the eyes, Dad. I'm like, that's a fucking Tales from the Crypt ending right oh, there. <laughs> I really liked that, too. I was yeah. like, ah! <laughs> that's It's very, like, kitschy in a fun way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's question time. Question number one. What is your favorite scam movie? A movie Do you want to go first? Sure. About oh, a scam. Yeah. <laughs> my joke was really stupid because I saw these really funny screenshots I have on my phone of Ben Platt. And I was like, dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it is a scam movie. Yeah, it's definitely not my favorite. Two honorable mentions, but I'm scared to say one because I think one of you might have it as your answer. So I'm going to save it until like you've gone. Interesting. Um, so first honorable mention, TBD, 
Second honorable mention, I Care A Lot with Rosamund Pike. Mm. Yeah. Great scam. It's so clever. It's so evil. She's so sexy. My real answer is a movie that I've only seen once, but just from start to finish was a hoot, and there's a lot of scamming involved. Like, it's just a, a serial, lifelong con artist in sweet little Zoe Deutsch. It's buffaloed. Mm. Oh, fun! Yeah, it was so fun, and you just see her, like, in a in high school scamming <clears throat> people, and she's really good at it, but then Cute. she sort of goes to jail in the opening scene, and it's her getting out of jail years later, and it's like, right, right. I love that. It's realistic. It's like... A con artist she did have who, to pay for a crime. who had to pay for it, and now she's trying to legally scam the yeah. system, and she does successfully. But mm. it's very interesting, and it was like is a whole it a real world. story? It's not a real story. Okay. It was a whole world that I had no idea about of debt collectors. Yeah, and there are people out there who are benefiting from us not paying our debts, like not in the way that credit card companies mm-hmm. are, but like just randos. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah, and she found a way to make money, and it was it was funny and good and it like had good morals by the end of it i liked it a lot it was funny i'd like to see it again i've been wanting to see that yeah my first honorable mention out of two is this movie heartbreakers it's an honorable mention because the last time i saw it i was like eight nine something like that so maybe it's fucking awful but it has jennifer love hewitt mm. and i believe her mom is played by susan sarandon if mm. my memory serves I'm me correctly <laughs> and they play a mother's daughter <laughs> scamming duo and the only part of the movie i remember the whole thing is like them scamming people Ooh, you know what? i remember two parts one is that susan sarandon if that's who plays it um uh, marries <laughs> oh we're um, not sure that it's i'm pretty susan sure it is i didn't double check pretend it is um <laughs> i might she, not put you on board kaylee <laughs> she um like marries a really old guy because she knows he's gonna die soon and then she's like i'm gonna get all his money yeah and also there's a part where they're in a restaurant and she pulls out like a little vial of glass and she dumps it in her food and she's like there's glass in my food see i just love little ones like that where it's like yeah. like in rat race how they're always the two brothers are like oh yeah trying yeah. to do all kinds of stuff it's funny mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's my first honorable mention. Second honorable mention, maybe the only one you guys would have on your list is Ocean's 8. Because okay, I just have, have such it's such a fun time it watching that one. Movie. And my real answer is Matchstick Men. Yeah. Duh, Sam Rockwell, con artist movie with Nicolas Cage. It's very, very good. There's all these little cons, and then there's like the big con they're leaning up to. And then there's like surprise cons. It's all, And Matchstick Men is another word for con artist, which they teach you in the movie. All right, honorable mention number one, Hustlers. That was mine. Oh, got yeah. it. But oh. I was scared that it would be your number one. No, no, it's so. not my number one. It's, yes, it's just a good fun for them. time. Good yeah. for them. So I want them Ocean's Eight for me. to con yeah. everyone. Yes. Yeah. I want them to successfully con. Hot women Ooh. conning people. Get them. We're at the first, and so far only true story. That's cool. Oh <laughs> yeah, mm, true. Second honorable mention, Catch Me If You Can. True story. Mm. It is a true story. Yeah. Dang, Kimmy. True story queen. <laughs> That movie's so good. When he, like, takes apart the check and pulls the shit off the check and, like, uh, and on the plane toy airplanes. And makes yeah. the checks oh, and stuff. Yeah. I, when I saw that and I was a kid, I was like, it's that fucking easy. Recently on Instagram, like, some of the people we follow will just post cool scenes from stuff, because movies. And someone posted that scene where he is in the hotel room when Tom Hanks comes in and he, like, convinces him he's yes. also there investigating. I was like, this scene's so good. Well, anyways, I made my number one, The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah. Another, oh, another true story. Another true story and another Leo movie. Yeah, dang. Story queen over there. Yeah. I don't know. That movie is so funny. It's so good. Yeah. Who makes yeah. that movie? Martin Scorsese. Oh, dang. Wow. Wow. Good shit. Question number two. What is your favorite singing moment in a movie that is not a musical? 
Kaylee wants to go first. I'm raising my hand because I want to go first. It's just because I don't want to take my honorable mention because I like it. My honorable mention is the come and get your love moment in Endgame specifically when you hear him singing it without the music behind That's it. Cute. I like that little moment. It's fun. And then my real answer, which I don't think you guys have, but um, I actually think one of you guys hates this part, but I find it so funny and charming for some reason. It's in Scream 2 when the boyfriend gets up on the table. Oh, He's I like, like that part. so what am I so afraid of? And everyone in the cafeteria is looking at him. She's like, stop, get down. And so cafeteria is in college. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know, in, in my brain, it's a high school scene, but yeah. I know it's not. Yeah. Okay, I go next. Okay. First honorable mention, I don't know if it counts, because it's like, they're meant to be singing. I think it That's counts. okay. I don't, okay That's yeah. what happens in this movie. Okay, cool. Oh, um, okay. Carrie Mulligan in Shame. Yeah. Singing oh, New, yeah, York, yeah. New York, New York. I had powerful, that. powerful, nice. It just means a lot, and it's really good. And I, I've told you to the story behind it, and it's funny, about Steve McQueen yeah. telling her, oh, we didn't get the rights to any song, go up there and make something up. And she's like, you want me to write a song? And he goes, you're an artist! And the whole time he knew that it would be New York, New York. Poor girl wrote a song! Wow. I love that. To Steve McQueen's not an asshole either, so I think it's just kind of fun. Because it's <laughs> such a vulnerable movie, yeah. and he's like keeping her on her toes in a different way, and I liked that. My second honorable mention... It's from just the wildest movie I've ever seen, and I watched it on Zoom with Kayleen. Oh. Sweetest Thing. Oh, what a good answer! No! (laughs) The Sweetest Thing with Cameron Diaz, Christina Applegate, Wow, what a good answer. That's not your real answer. (laughs) No, but I have to tell the whole story. Who's the other third gal in it? And Selma Blair, um, and they go to a, a Chinese restaurant, and they start talking about, like, what it's like when a penis is too big, and how funny it is. And then they start singing a rendition of, I'm too sexy for my shirt, but it's you're too big to fit in there, and... Suddenly, the entire <laughs> restaurant breaks into a musical number, and it even has a reprise. <laughs> it goes on for fucking ever. I was like, literally, fell over on my couch laughing. I we was were like, screaming. "What the fuck is I going couldn't on? believe what I was watching. That's hilarious. It was amazing, and that movie. Too. And they all get so into it. <laughs> it was. Everyone go look that scene up. You'll just be shocked that somebody committed that to film for, like, all eternity. (laughs) I hope they preserve it in museums. Wow. Now my real answer feels basic. That's so funny. Yeah. My real answer, just because it's charming, is the Hollow Notes musical number in 500 Days of Summer. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Yeah. I love that it's a full musical number, and it's really representative of how summer makes him feel, but obviously... He's just projecting, and then the next scene, when it immediately, the song ends, it cuts to him in the elevator, lonely and depressed, and it's just funny. I like that dance number a lot. Um, I have one honorable mention, and now that I think about it, I know that this movie is not a musical, but there are more than one singing moments in the Ooh, movie. Can I guess what it is? No, I want to say it. <laughs> it's, I put a spell on you from Hocus Pocus. Oh, spicy. I know, right? It's just, tis the season. Yes. Mm-hmm. My real fucking answer okay. is Pippin singing The Edge of Night in Return of the King. Yeah. So fucking good. I love that scene. It's edited so well. And he has a voice like a cherub. <laughs> and it's so fucking good. Yes. I'm sorry, but Courtney wins with the sweetest thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe that didn't even cross my mind. <laughs> it's really good. Okay. We're about to get into the eyes of Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. What do you think this movie is about? Televangelists. Yeah, okay, here and here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Cross 
aesthetics. Get this. They take money from people. <laughs> so, what? okay, I guess here's where I'm confused. And Courtney, I think, knows more about the real story than me, so maybe she knows this. But where I'm confused, and obviously you'll explain, is I don't understand where the scam comes in. Because it's like people pay for religious shit all the time because it's like if you're helping someone who works at a church, then that's that's what you're doing. Like, but So I'm wondering if it's like... They're saying that, but then they're like, oh, none of it's actually going to the church at all. It's going straight into my fucking bank account. Like, is that the scam? Because religion be scamming people all the time in a, in a legal way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. These are two of the most famous televangelists on television that, that ever existed. Uh-huh. And they basically, like, catapulted t- televangelism to its commercial success. Got it. They were fraudulently diverting ministry funds for personal use. Got it. Okay. So that's where the fraud comes in. Yeah. And you okay. can tell they're living like a nice lavish lifestyle. Yeah. Her big ass house where she goes, you did it for you. You built you an empire. I really liked the light in the trailer where she goes, can we talk about Satan later? And I'm like, <laughs> that's funny. I, so I can't tell if it's just that the movie is going to paint her this way or if she was actually this way, but it seems like Tammy Faye's like a really cool chick and she just gets mixed up with like an asshole. That's a good point. My understanding honest. of her is that she is kind of, um, <laughs> and I don't <laughs> want people to take this comparison like as me oh saying they're the same person, but kind of how Princess Diana at the time was like willing to talk about AIDS, so was Tammy Faye. Mm-hmm. And like that was a, like a Princess Diana shouldn't have been doing that. That's not decent and stuff. And it seemed like Tammy Faye is one of the few Christians who was willing to accept everybody, like, straight off the bat as they were, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, we're going to pray for you. Like, she seemed like she was supportive of the gay community. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, infamous because of this fraud situation and because of what her husband has done. Mm -hmm. It's kind of upsetting, and I don't know what the honest truth is because, Mm -hmm. you know, this is a, a movie, and also the media has inflated her character in every which way, and we weren't around for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when I talked to my dad about this, and I'm not really sure what age he was at mm-hmm. the time when this was very popular, but he remembers her as somebody who was a caricature mm-hmm. and who people made fun of. And the mm-hmm. only images that he remembers of her are with mascara tears running down her face all Whoa. the time. And that's like what the pop culture reference of her is. What this movie is essentially saying is that she wasn't, like, she didn't have her hands in the cookie jar as much as people might think that she yeah. did. I don't know if that's necessarily true. Mm-hmm. This movie certainly paints her as somebody who was, like, happily ignorant in some ways and just wanted to love people. Yeah. Which I respect because she did do a lot of things for the Christian and conservative community with acceptance and stuff like that and showing love for people who are gay and stuff like that and talking about sex and things like that. For me personally, away from this movie, I think it's very possible that she could be both. Is she still alive? No. No. Okay, I was going to ask if she's involved in the making of this because from what we know of when people are involved, okay, well that might make sense. I would just, I just worry, this isn't even really predictions, but I worry that as a viewer it would be very distracting. Maybe you lose yourself in it eventually, But with the accents and the prosthetics, like, just me watching it, I'm like, I have a hard time seeing Jessica Chastain, not because I'm like, she's doing such a good job as Tammy Faye, but because I'm like, who is this bad actress? That came out in a way that I knew was going to sound really harsh, but it just, like, isn't selling me in the trailer. Mm. I worry for it. Mm. Okay, my only, because I feel like all my predictions were really just me being like, what happened in real life? So my one prediction, 
that's interesting is the big musical number that you alluded to in our question, not musical number, but like singing moment. I want it to be some like really emotional moment toward the end of the film where like maybe it's on the air and it's like something to do with acceptance and like she starts singing a song and like the people in the audience start singing it with her. It's a real Judy situation. Mm. I feel like she's going to be like, I want a record deal and I can pay for it now. And oh, she's no. going to, she's going to sing a song on the show. It'll be a be, boogie night situation. It's going to be bad, but she's going to be like, I paid for it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Tammy, tell me about your eyes. <laughs> the eyes of Tammy Faye. So this is um the first movie that I've done in theaters in a long time. It's hard, you guys. And I'm upset because I like to put in a lot of dialogue and stuff, and I didn't get to do that this time because because I'm watching it like as I'm writing, and I'm not going to get another chance to watch this movie yeah. again. But I still... Here we go. The movie opens. We see a montage of real-life television footage of Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker. The news reports state that they're like the Ken and Barbie of televangelists. They're very popular. It briefly shows all of their feats and shows and highlights of their careers. And then it slowly turns towards the darker days of their publicity. We see flashes of the Baker scandal. And they dubbed the scandal the Pearly Gate. Get it? Oh, that's funny. It's funny. I like when we add gate to things. Yeah. News reporters and other televangelists state that the scandal tainted the name of preachers everywhere. Mm. We cut to 1994, Palm Springs. And we have an uber close-up of Tammy Faye Baker's eyes. They are smothered in makeup, Ah. huge eyelashes, which is what she was known for. Just Mm -hmm. heaps and heaps of makeup. It's so much. And she's in Palm Springs. She's getting her makeup done. She And the makeup artist from, like, off the screen is kind of saying, maybe we should take some of that off a little bit. She's like, my lipstick? Oh, okay. And she, like, tries to take it off. And all the lipstick is gone, but her lip liner is still there. Ah. <laughs> and she's like, oh, what about the lip liner? She goes, oh, that's permanent. Oh, uh, oh, that's that's like the in the trailer, and I was like, yeah. "What is she talking about?" Okay, yeah. She's like, "That's permanent, and my eyeliner is permanent, and I never go anywhere without my lashes." Holy smokes! She goes, "Oh, so the but the rest of that, like, that's you, right?" She goes, "Yep, the lashes are my trademark, and the rest of me is all me. That's just who I am." Wow, lip liner being tattooed? That's a no. bold move. A lot of my mom's friends growing up had tattooed lip liner. That's so your mom to get strange. It. My mom has tattooed eyeliner. That's why I'm saying she should get the lip. <laughs> <laughs> See that? Like, eyeliner makes more sense to me because it's like, it's not tracing. Mm-hmm. It's not like it goes around the outside of your like, eye. Like, when your mom yeah. is not wearing makeup, she looks fucking normal. When Tammy Faye goes to sleep, That's she looks That's what I'm crazy. saying. <laughs> Let's also talk about the fact that this is currently 1994, which means she might have oh. gotten it tattooed in the 80s, where the look was dark brown lip Damn. liner. That's so sad. And whatever color else. <laughs> oh, what a bad idea. Yes. Then you can't even, like, <laughs> if you want to change up the color of your lipstick, it's like... You cannot. You can see it. <laughs> That's so stupid. We rewind all the way back to 1952, Minnesota. We see a young Tammy Faye looking in through the window of this vibrant church session. That's right, right? It, what is a church session called? Church. Like something is, they're having a church. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. Having a church meeting. A sermon. No, a sermon, okay. A sermon yeah, a sermon. Or, a church? Yeah. They're having a church. <laughs> a church session. Well, like, yeah, Catholicism is mass. I wrote, maybe it's mass. I don't know. They're no, Christians. They're, they're Christians. Yeah. So you just say like a church service. A church service. Okay. I wrote church service. session and that didn't sound right. And I was like, they're having a church party. <laughs> they're having a church party. I just like, they're, they're having, having a church off. <laughs> Jesus. We're um, having a church. You guys, I, there's another part in here a little bit later where my Jew like really starts to show. So I'll, I'll let you know about that. In a As if it wasn't showing already. <laughs> um, the people in the church are really feeling the spirit. This church service is crazy. <laughs> this is so funny. Their hands are These like... people have their hands in the air like they're worshiping God. That's what I was literally, literally about to say. I'm going to throw this water on you. <laughs> but no, I'm like, I'm talking about it like, like, this isn't like a youth group. It's like people are being really, very extravagant in this church. It's a very like... Well... But this is like people are really fucking going for it, yeah. you know? Her mother is playing the piano and Tammy looks inside longingly like, why isn't she at church? That night... Tammy Faye and her siblings and her stepdad and mom sit at the dinner. <laughs> I'm so sorry. They're having a dinner. They're having a dinner party. A dinner table. I'm a dinner, dinner service. <laughs> Tammy's pouting and she begs her mother to let her go to church so that she can be saved. And Tammy Faye's mother dismisses her and tells her that she knows that she's not allowed to go into church. Oh. Because her presence there is going to remind the rest of the congregation that her mother is a divorcee. Oh, no. And it will upset them. And the only reason why they let her come back to church is because she's the only woman in town who can play piano. Mm-hmm. Alone in her room that night, Tammy stares out the night window. She's pondering. She sticks her hand out, kind of like, like a sock puppet, but there's no sock on it. She, like, makes her hand talk. She makes her hand talk at herself and it says, You're going to hell, Tammy Faye. Oh, no. <laughs> she prays to Jesus for him to save her soul. Next Sunday at church... The congregation is going on as usual, very lively and very, very spiritual. Tammy is still outside. She gathers her courage and she sneaks into the church while nobody's really paying attention. The pastor is speaking about bravery and who among us is willing to something. I don't know. I don't go to church. I don't know what he's saying. <laughs> but um, Kimmy doesn't speak English. <laughs> I, I didn't write it down. It was happening too fast. But he's saying... You know, who is willing to, you know, be the strength or something? I don't know. Um. Did you say give your life to Satan? (laughs) (laughs) Who in here wants to sacrifice himself to Satan? Yeah. I didn't write it down, but it's clear it's Tammy or Tammy. Who wants to do some sins? Who wants to do some sin? No, who wants to be one with God or something Commit themselves to Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's probably that. It's probably that. And it's, and Tammy thinks it's her. And she walks up. All the way up to the preacher and drinks the wine from his goblet that he gives her. And something starts to stir in Tammy Faye. She suddenly falls back with the Holy Spirit and starts speaking in tongues. Oh no. Nobody really speaks in tongues at this church yet. (laughs) And the congregation is so amazed. They all gather around and talk about how amazing it is that God is speaking through her. And Tammy Faye's mother's like, Tammy, get up. Get up. Stop. Stop doing this. And they're like, stop. Being mean to her. <laughs> this child is one with God. She's a miracle. Tammy Faye's mom is kind of like, fuck, you know. Interesting. <laughs> My child is Jesus Christ reincarnate. Fast forward to 1960, Minnesota, at a Bible college. It's young Jim Baker, who's played by Andrew Garfield. He's standing up in front of a college lecture, of which... And he says, God is not dead. <laughs> 
That's God's Not Dead 1. He's surely alive. He's alive. That's the song from God's Not Dead 1. That's my favorite musical moment in a non-musical. <laughs> <laughs> One of the people in the lecture is Tammy Faye. They both go to the same Bible college. Hot. He's giving a speech. <laughs> is it hot? <laughs> I want that. I think that... It's hotter than hell at this Bible college. <laughs> I think I should mention that Tammy Faye and Jim Baker both, they do have prosthetics at this point, but they both look like their hair and stuff is like natural colors and things like that. Like, they're just normal kind of wholesome looking people. Jim is giving a speech in front of the college lecture. He's just a student, but he's kind of taking it upon himself to be very grandiose in reporting his findings about whatever they're talking about in the Bible. And the professor is not cool with it. He kind of looks mm. at him with disdain because Jim is kind of like almost preaching at mm. this point. It's like very obvious that you can tell that he already has the makings of a preacher. He's very charismatic and the rest of the class is super enraptured by whatever he's speaking about. He speaks about how the Bible teaches us over and over again to accept failure when God really wants us to thrive and he wants us to have the good and plentiful. Tammy's clearly head over heels for Jim, and she starts getting, like, really impassioned by his speech. She starts kind of, like, treating it like church, and she's, like, putting her hand up. She even gives a little amen at the end of the speech. The professor starts to debate Jim, but Tammy lets the whole class know that she agrees with Jim's points, and the professor mocks her for wearing makeup and then kind of quotes something out of the Bible about harlots or something like that. And Jim effortlessly destroys his use of the word harlot. He quotes something else from the Bible back at him, which disproves his point and his dismissal of Tammy Faye. And Tammy Faye smiles at Jim. They both have eyes for each other. Get him, Jesus. (laughs) Come on, Jesus, get (laughs) him! Sometime later, Jim and Tammy Faye are having a picnic on the school grounds. They're kind of getting to know each other. And Tammy Faye has kind of like this really like high-pitched voice which is later attributed to Betty Boop a little bit. Your mom would love this movie. Dang, my mom would love this movie. (laughs) Tattooed makeup, Betty Boop. Jesus. (laughs) That's my mom. (laughs) I'm going to give her a little embroidered pillow that says that. (laughs) (laughs) Get me one. (laughs) Tammy Faye tells Jim that she never ever pretends to be somebody else that she's not and that she has a deep love for people and she has no secrets. She's very honest. She asks Jim if he has any secrets. And Jim is kind of shy. He doesn't really want to talk about it. But he tells her that when he was younger, before he is on the path that he's currently on, he wanted to be a radio DJ and make people dance. But he didn't pursue it. Some secret. <laughs> <laughs> it's about to get dark, yo. Oh, okay. Oh, God. Well, I thought it was going dark. And then he's like, I wanted to be a radio DJ. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> He didn't pursue that because he hit a boy with his car. Oh, Jesus. And he had, like, a ruptured lung, I think it was. And he didn't think that the boy was going to survive, so he prayed to God and promised him that if he decided to save the boy's life, that he would devote his life to God. And the boy lived, so Mm -hmm. now he's here. Um, Tammy talks about how she loves to sing. She loves it. It just makes her feel closer to God. That's how she wants to bring happiness to people. And she starts singing loudly, like, in public. And Jim's kind of like, what the fuck (laughs) are you doing? He's very embarrassed, but she won't give up. She says, like, get up here and dance with me. I want you to dance with me right now, Jim Baker. 
And he does. She's unlike any girl that he's ever met before. There's a smash cut to them kind of fooling around in the dorm. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh, at Bible College? Yeah, at Bible College. But it's funny because they're on top of the covers and they are fully clothed and they're really only doing like heavy petting and stuff yeah. like that. And it's like a tiny, tiny dorm bed. Is, we have a lot of people in the audience laugh. That's funny. <laughs> we have another smash cut to Tammy Faye's mother opening the door to her house with Tammy yeah. Faye and Jim Baker out front. It's from the trailer. She goes, hello, mother. This is Jim Baker, yeah. my husband. <laughs> She's like, what the fuck, yeah. Tammy Faye? What are you doing? <laughs> They're already married, and she tells her mother that it's against school rules to get married, so they've been kicked out of school. Oh, oh shit. That and seems unfair. Let them get married if they, they can't have sex. Yeah. yeah like, What Tam- more do you want? Tammy Faye's mom's upset, but they are not Faye's. They say this is just God's plan because God's plan is for us to become traveling preachers. Okay. We're going to do it. Tammy Faye's mom kind of like rolls her eyes. She's kind of used to Tammy Faye doing spontaneous things in the name of God. And Jim does his best to appeal to her mother, but she's kind of like a stick in the mud type person. She, you know, doesn't really care that he's charismatic or whatever. She's worried for her daughter. Jim and Tammy Faye are going to stay at Tammy Faye's mom's house for a while while they prepare to become traveling preachers and kind of decide what their act is going to be and stuff. You know, everybody, <laughs> everybody needs an act. <laughs> a <The>, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> the, that night, Jim is in the bath and Tammy is bathing him. And he's kind of sad. He says he doesn't think that Tammy Faye's mom likes him very much. Tammy Faye picks up the top of a bubble bath bottle cap, which is shaped like a duck, I think. It's like a duck head that goes on top of the bubble bath thing. Mm -hmm. And she kind of makes it talk at him to kind of cheer him up. He goes, puppets! Yes. (laughs) Then she gives him a handy. Oh, (laughs) just like in Crimson Peak. Is he her brother? (laughs) Time will tell. (laughs) Spoilers for Crimson Peak. The next morning, Tammy Faye is using the duck bottle top to make a puppet. And she tells her mother that she's going to use the puppets to teach kids about God. Dude, it is Mr. Rogers. Yeah. And Jim will preach, and Tammy Faye will do puppets and sing. Tammy Faye hears a honk outside, and she rushes outside to see that Jim surprising her with a brand new car. He tells her that the car is from God. God wants them to have the car. Mm. Did he steal this car? I stole it off a man. Tammy's kind of, like, uses her puppet to tell Jim that she's concerned about how much money they're spending and if they can (laughs) really afford the car. And Jim tells her that God spoke to him and told him everything is going to be okay and this is the right path. Almost sounds like this is going to become a problem, how much God is talking to these people. (laughs) (laughs) Jim and Tammy... God told me to take everyone's money and fuck them. (laughs) That's what God said. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck those people over. Jim and Tammy Faye start traveling. It's a montage of their shows, and their audiences actually love it. They actually get, like, some minor acclaim around the area and the town and the neighboring states. They're actually doing really well. 1965, Virginia. Jim and Tammy Faye are staying in a motel room, and they're watching the TV. On the TV is Reverend Pat Robertson. He's a very famous televangelist at the Hmm. time. Jim watches the TV in awe and claims that he could do that and imagines how many souls he could save for God if he could. Timmy Faye tells him, well, if I had watched a preacher at home on my TV at home when I was a kid, things would have been a lot different. Mm-hmm. She tells Jim that he could absolutely do it, and he's more handsome than Pat Robertson anyways, so he could mm-hmm. probably do it. Next morning, they head out to pack up the car, but the car is gone. They wonder if it's stolen, 
but Jim can't remember if he made the payment in time or not. Oh, no. They immediately get on their knees and start praying to God to give them strength. While Tammy's actually praying for guidance, Jim is just apologizing over and over. He's pretty weepy about it. Just then, someone walks over to them from, like, literally out of the blue. He said that he saw their show yesterday and that he thought it was really good. He actually works for a TV network. Whoa. The same network that Reverend Pat Robertson works at. Mm. And that he would get a kick out of them if they wanted to come by. And also, I found this extra car lying around. Do you guys want it? (laughs) We fast forward to the station. And Jim and Tammy Faye have their own show on what's called the PTL Network. Don't say it if you know. Praise the Lord. God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) For some reason, my brain, like, that triggered a call and response where you were like, what's that? Pretty young thing. Praise the Lord. PTL. I kid you not, the entire movie, I was trying to figure out what that (laughs) was. And I called my dad up after I watched it. And I was like, yeah, it's about Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker. And they work on the PTL network. And my dad goes, praise the Lord. And I was like, oh my God. That's funny. I can't believe it took me so long to figure out. I wouldn't have known. I was going to look it up. My high school best friend texted me that constantly. And one day I was like, what what are you saying to me? (laughs) She was like, praise the Lord. Like if something good happens, she'd be like, praise the Lord. Yeah, she'd be like, did we have Spanish homework? No, PTL. That's funny. (laughs) She's a sweetheart. Love you, Leanne. I was just very embarrassed that I didn't fucking You're not a Christian. I'm not. I'm not. She's never thought of L being associated with the Lord in her life. <laughs> Praise the lizard gods. <laughs> Praise the losers. <laughs> losers club, am I right? At this point, okay, Jim and Tammy Faye have been in the network for a short time, but it's starting to get to them already. We can see that Tammy Faye has dyed her hair platinum blonde. Ooh. What was she before? Dark brown. Dark brown. Oh. Yeah. They're running around backstage getting ready for another live show. They're very busy. Tammy seems, like, really happy. But Jim looks stressed out. Uh, Tammy Faye is trying to talk to him and tell him that she has a surprise for him. But he's like, no, no, I'm trying to I'm trying to talk to Pat Robertson. I'm trying to get his attention. But he never seems like he wants to talk to me. He's always trying to, like, go somewhere else when I'm trying to talk to him. He keeps blowing me off. We only briefly see Jim and Rob... <laughs> put Rob Patterson. <laughs> I, I want Rob Pattinson exclusively from now. <laughs> Pat Robertson. <laughs> Our Pat's got it. <laughs> we see, we only briefly see Jim and Pat Robertson interact, but it's kind of clear that Patterson, I wrote Patterson again! <laughs> Patterson again. Robertson sees them as like small fish and kind of silly and not very important. Jim and Tammy Faye run onto the live set to start. Jim uh, has a surprise for the viewers too, though. He's going to be taking on another show, The 700 Club. Yes. Whoa! Wow, Very big soon. business. Holy shit. This Whoa. is the creation of The no 700 way. Club. Yeah. Dang. That's I'm crazy. pretty sure. I mean, to my knowledge watching the movie, I'm pretty sure he creates the show and he calls it The 700 Club. Did you also it. stumble upon that all the time as a kid? Just like watching it? No, no, no. Like scrolling through the channels or like TV Guide, and you're like, all that's on right now is the 700. No, no, I never. No? No. I remember seeing that all the time. I didn't watch it. Yeah, I didn't watch it, but it was there. It It kind of, to me, I don't know if you're allowed to do this, but it kind of seemed to me that Jim announced this to a live television audience so that he could will it into existence. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem like it was agreed upon with 
uh, Pat Robertson before right. he said it on air, but it's on air now. Tammy Faye uses the puppet to tell Jim that she has a big surprise for him, too, that Tammy Faye is going to have a baby. Dang. They are very surprised and very emotional on TV. The phones start ringing off the hook because I, I didn't know this. You can call in to a televangelist show and pledge money. They close the show with their token phrase. And remember, God loves you. He really, really does. That's so sweet. Yeah. I thought it was going to be like, God's watching. No. <laughs> Six months later, Tammy Faye is in bed alone. She's six months pregnant. She's watching Jim do the new 700 Club. Tammy's clearly frustrated. She's alone. She's lonely. She's restless. She calls her mother up on the phone. Tammy's mom complains that she's calling so late. And Tammy tells her mom that she misses working. And she's tired of staying home alone, all pregnant. And that Jim doesn't even want to touch her anymore because he's so busy. She says, I want to do what he's doing. And I want to sing for real, not with just puppets. Tammy Faye prays to God for him to open up a door that she can walk through so she can bring happiness to people and bring them to his light. 1971, Virginia. There's a big party happening at Reverend Pat Robertson's house. It's one of those mega mansions that the religious network has given to him to live in. Mm. Jim and Tammy Faye bring their baby daughter to the estate. They kind of seem out of place. They're kind of homey with all these big time televangelist people and network people walking around. Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Pat Robertson and his wife come to talk to Jim and Tammy. Jim He's... and Pam? No <laughs> way. Don't put some other shit in my head. <laughs> um, Pat Robertson's wife is wearing this huge mink, but it's so sunny outside. And Tammy Faye is kind of like, I love your mink. Aren't you hot? And she goes, no. She's like, no. Only poor people get hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually air conditioning in here. Yeah. <laughs> Robertson asks Jim... One thing, he wants him to take time off to be with his family. And then while he's gone, Robertson can take over the 700 Club show. But Jim can kind of see through this and he tells him that he can't leave the show now because he has a real good connection with his audience right now. Just then, Reverend Jerry Falwell shows up. He is American Southern Baptist pastor, televangelist, and conservative activist. Hmm. It's very clear that... Falwell is this VIP guest of the party, and everyone kind of thinks of him as the leader of all these televangelist people. Well, while Tammy Faye gets some food with her baby, she kind of looks around and sees that all the women are at a table together, and she doesn't want to be at that table. She goes to the head table, which has all the men. Good for her. And she it's this really funny scene where she kind of like bombards everyone and walks up and throws her plate on the table and makes Jim hold the baby and she drags a chair from like one of the faraway awesome. tables all the way up Good and kind for of her. She says, make room oh whatever you were saying Jerry and Jerry Falwell goes it's Mr. Falwell no it's not it's Jerry, yeah. it's Jerry. <laughs> I just called you Jerry though Falwell talks about the state of things and how having reverends and pastors on TV is doing God's work but making sure that they're fighting the good fight Tammy's like what are we fighting against? And he says, the liberal agenda and the secular media. And he talks about that they're fighting against liberalism and feminism. And basically all these anti-conservative views and homosexuals. Tammy just goes on eating and she doesn't really even give any eye contact. And she goes, well, America's for them too. Homosexuals are just other human beings that I love. And we're all made from the same dirt. And God didn't make any junk. Love this bitch. That's yeah. good. 
all the men kind of stare at her and uh, Falwell goes, you got a real firecracker there, Jim. Jim and Tammy Faye take refuge in a bathroom and Jim is berating her for the way that she's speaking to Falwell like that. And she's like, well, I'm not the person who gets to decide who goes to hell or not, Jim. Mm -hmm. He tells her that God told him mm -mm. Mm -mm. that he wants him to have what Robertson has and that he's supposed to do great things and he can't do that if she's talking to Falwell like that. Timmy comes right back at him and says, oh yeah, well God is talking to me too, Jim, and he wants things for me, like he wants me to sing and he wants me to be back on TV. Jim yells at her and tells her that Falwell is a powerful man. Timmy yells right back at him and she goes, well, Jim Baker is a powerful Aww. man. Or did you forget that? Mm. And Jim kind of breaks down like before, kind of sobs and says, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I forgot who I am. I forgot that I'm supposed to be doing his work. And they hold each other tight knowing that they're destined to spread God's word and they're going to do it. Dang, that's sad. Like, you want to think that everyone at least started with good intentions, like anyone doing that kind of thing, and it's sad to think of people, like, just completely losing the fucking point. Yeah. We fast forward through the coming years of their success. The montage is back to their Christmas show, which is live. It's a live performance where Tammy is singing for real and performing like she's always wanted to do. And she's doing talk shows and recording albums. Good job. Mm. Jim is getting so successful on the 700 Club show. They have charities, donations. Their audiences are filling up studios. And from 1973 to 1979, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker make PTL the fourth most popular network on television. What the motherfuck? That's crazy. I don't think there were that many television channels back still, then, but still, it was very, very popular. There was ABC, CBS, NBC, and PTO. What if there were <laughs> only five channels? The only one they were beating? <laughs> Fucking PBS. <laughs> liberals. <laughs> yeah. That was their only goal. Sometime later, Tammy is running another show. She's doing a cooking show. We kind of get a glimpse of what Tammy's like in her show. She's very loud and silly and blunt and funny. The audience loves it. While Jim is watching nearby, he's called away by one of his assistants who looks very serious. Jim also looks like he's under like a lot of pressure, but we don't really know why yet. Tammy Faye comes up from having just finished the show, and we learn that the secular media has been putting out news stories that the PTL is diverting ministry funds for building projects. Jim obviously denies it. He says the secular media hates him because they're winning souls for Jesus. Tammy Faye's mom shows her in her dressing room a news article with Timmy's face on it and it's talking about all the you know suspected fraudulent activity and stuff like that and Timmy says to her mom you know I thought for a second you were holding up that picture of me in the newspaper I thought you were proud of me can't be proud of your daughter being in the newspaper if it says daughter a fraud yeah <laughs> my frauder that frauder. night Timmy sits in <laughs> That deserves much more applause. <laughs> I'm just over here like smirking behind the stuff. Down. Moment of silence. <laughs> Ten minutes of silence on this episode to laugh at Kaylee's joke. <laughs> what you, I deserve. You said it so quietly and brushed over it so fast. Then I was more like, like, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay, continue. That night, Tammy sits in bed while Jim pours over his bank statements. Tammy is slapping herself in lotion and Jim tells her, well, you wonder why I don't touch you anymore because you're, you're covered slippery. in all that <laughs> I try. I, I can't slide catch right you. Off. <laughs> and she says, better than sleeping next to an alligator. 
Jim's freaking out. He keeps getting calls from creditors, and he tells Tammy Faye that sometimes he thinks God asks too much of him. Tammy thinks for a second and asks Jim, we're not doing anything wrong, though, right? And Jim asks her, you know, what, what kind of question is that? And when Tammy Faye tries to get him to have sex with her because he promised they would try to have another baby, he says he can't tonight. He's too exhausted. He's going to sit downstairs for a while. We cut to Tammy Faye recording a song in a recording studio with a producer whose name is Gary Paxton. He's come here special from Tennessee to help her record, and then he says something about how he helped record Monster Mash. Whoa. Uh, and he, I love the he Monster He talks Mash. about it like being like a great success or something like that. And Gary Paxton is kind of dashing, and he clearly loves Tammy's voice. He's kind of flirty with her, and he talks about how Tammy's voice really moves him. They're sitting really close on the couch when Jim Uh-oh. walks in. He's really standoffish and tells Tammy that she's not camera ready and they're supposed to be live in 15 minutes. He forces her to leave the studio so she can get ready for a live public address to the network audience. The address is about the secular press attacking them and their network and saying bad things about them in the news. Jim tells his audience that they're in a war and if everyone takes this time to double their pledge, they can help save the word of God. And remember... God loves you. He really, really does. One year later, Tammy and her daughter, who's maybe about 12 now, maybe, Mm. they're shopping with Tammy Faye's mom. They're shopping for minks. Tammy's pretty pregnant at this point again. Oh, finally got pregnant. Tammy tells all the shop girls that when her mom comes out to give her lots of love because she hasn't had much of it in her life and she deserves to feel good. Tammy's mom comes out. She's wearing this really long brown mink and a matching hat. Everybody applauds and tells her how good she looks. And she's like, "Mm, I don't know. This is kind of extravagant. I don't really need this. And it's a lot of money. Shouldn't really be using God's money on something like this right now. Mm. Tammy Faye tells her that God and all their partners, which are the audience, that's who they call the audience, their partners. All the partners want them to have it and that she deserves it. Tammy's mom finally relents and kind of looks at herself in the mirror and admits that she does look good and that it's very warm. Back at the studio, Tammy Faye is helping out around, like trying to get ready for the next segment. She tells her mom to go on ahead. She's going to go give Jim a kiss before he goes on. Oh my God. Mm. She goes to sneak up on him, but as she does, she hears him talking to the makeup artist and his assistant about something. While his assistant is trying to talk to him about some serious debt issues, Jim can't be bothered. He complains to the makeup artist that his nose is still too shiny and she should put more powder on it. And his assistant jokes that if he puts any more powder on it, you'll start to look like Tammy Faye. Aww. And they all laugh and call her a clown and talk about how ridiculous she looks all while Tammy okay. Faye is To her thing. husband? Yeah, he's making the jokes. Wow. I don't like that. Jim laughs and he starts teasing his assistant around and they actually end up kind of wrestling on the ground a little bit. <gasps> Tammy Faye is watching. But that's what she'd walk into. Something doesn't really seem very right about it. And not only are they making fun of her, but it seems kind of funky. Whatever Jim is doing, she cries. She's very upset. That sucks. This is the halfway point. Oh, he's going to cheat. I think he's going to cheat too. He seems like one of those guys who's like slippery sloping where it's like, oh, everything that I do is good. Like even even if she catches him cheating, he's going to be like, no, it's because, like, we have a spiritual connection or something fucking yeah. stupid like that. Yeah. I think, historically, I'm throwing out, like, I, I, I'm not going to talk about the real Tammy Faye or what this movie is trying to say about her, but the character in this movie seems very genuine and, like, 
she really believes, oh, I'm supposed to look my best, and we have money. It's not that she's trying to, like, take it from her partners. Right, right. And she does want her mom to feel special. That's out of control, and that's exactly what the problem is, though, and, like, that's a major problem today with pastors and everything, Mm -hmm. is, like, taking money for personal self-improvement, that sort of thing. That's not what it's for. Whereas Jim, I think he is pure deceit and he is doing this on purpose and he likes to do this he likes to con people out of money and he will forever continue to use god as as an excuse for his evil doings evil is a strong word but for his vices yeah Mm -hmm. and he's getting really carried away i think he's gonna keep doing like maybe that's why there's so much prosthetics is to like make him look kind of fake because like he is Mm -hmm. and i'm sad because i think tammy might actually do that as well and maybe she's lying in the future where she's like no the rest of me is real like maybe that's not true he's a snake she's a snake's wife (laughs) (laughs) they need to plan their theme park their jesus do they talk about the theme park not yet but like it's gonna happen in the movie they did mention like that they're using some of the money for buildings and so I feel like that's the theme park. Yeah, maybe they haven't told people about it. But like, maybe that's the scam. Is they're like, no, we're using this money for something you guys didn't agree to. But then they're like... Ooh, I'm thinking actually now they're going to be like, give us money for the theme park. And they're not going to make a theme park. They're going to keep... It's a fire festival situation. It's a fire festival situation. Because they've already built all these houses. I think the houses were what they were stealing money from. Mm-hmm. Like, they shouldn't be buying mansions. But yeah. they did. And they shouldn't have... And now they're like, well, it was going towards theme park. Yeah. Give us more money because now we've started. But they never started. Yeah. And then it's like, then what do you do to, are they, yeah, it seems very fire Festival. Fire like, Festival is wild. How he's like, give me money for something that doesn't exist. Yeah. Now give me more money and all that. So I can pay thing. for it. It's, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I guess I'm also just kind of curious, like how far into their life it goes. I feel I weirdly feel like they wouldn't get divorced because they are so of the church and, like, that's shameful. Like, they're going to get divorced. Really? They're going to get divorced. I think it'll go to her death. I mean, at the very least, we're going to get that little thing at the end where it's like, Tammy Faye died in such and such year. And yeah. This is what I hope like. if they do get divorced that it's, like, happy for her. Like, it's like, she then lived out the the last ten years of her life with her kids and she never spoke to Jim again and we and we fucking hate him. Yeah. And he got nothing or something. I don't know. I just think she'll get divorced because it's like her mom is a divorcee. And so, and she's already like broken a lot of other rules. I don't feel like they're going to, I just feel like he's going to be like, God said we got to get divorced. Well, if he commits adultery, then she could get divorced. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we're going to have to have legal proceedings and he's going to go to prison. Maybe they get divorced then. I hope she has like a nice Itanya esque monologue. That's basically about like how she's always just been in it for the love of the, the love of the thing. Do you think... Tammy Faye will remain kind of spotless in extravagances and and vices going through this next part of her career. Oh, I see. Like, will she succumb to being a scammer? Will she uh, succumb to, like, any kind of vices? Will she cheat? Mm. Oh, what if she becomes, like, an alcoholic or something? Oh, she's popping pills in the trailer. Got him, boys. (laughs) (laughs) It's the 80s. (laughs) Yeah. Which doesn't, does not make her, like spotted (laughs) but just a vice all right the next scene tammy faye is so pregnant she's like about to pop she's recording another song in the studio with gary she's practicing her song they're kind of like writing it together he plays guitar oh dang she's about to fucking cheat right now (laughs) the zodiac killer (laughs) (laughs) 
It could be him, Kimmy. It could be him. This is good timing. Oh, wait, is this Monster Mash Man? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, They're going to do the mash. <laughs> They're going to do squishing, <laughs> floating. It was a graveyard smash. <laughs> Am I right? Um. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. And she finishes singing, and... She finishes. He's... <laughs> and he's very overwhelmed, Tammy Faye, your voice... When you sing, it really makes me feel like my I'm dick is hard. Closer to God. <laughs> closer to God. <laughs> and like I, I just feel like really touched. And On my pain. She he asks her if she's ever been touched lately, <gasps> the way that a woman should be, the way that On she the deserves to be. <laughs> I mean, essentially. Yeah. And she's like, "Do you want me to do the mash?" He's very cute. He's very, you know, we already talked about a while ago not having been touched by her husband in a long time. Isn't she super prego. She's super pregnant. And he leans in to kiss her, and she she leans back, and she kind of like she goes, "Oh, just kiss me on the neck, but don't leave a mark, okay?" And she like really likes it. Whoa. She gets on top of him, and they're kind of like gyrating a little bit, and and she goes, "My oh, water just broke." No. <laughs> He's like, looks at her. We do a smash cut to her in the hospital, baby in hand. It's a son. Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. <laughs> Jim shows up post-birth, and he doesn't look too happy. He okay. knows that Gary drove her here to the hospital. He drove me here! And then Gary's in the waiting room with, like, water all over him. He's like, how, how did her water break right on your chest? <laughs> Why is it on his chest? Why is your face soaking wet? Why is your face soaking She was sitting on his lap. He tells her that they announced the birth on air and it increased the pledges by a lot. And she goes, oh, congratulations. That kid needs therapy. Yeah. <laughs> But he said he's very happy. It's, you know, it could be one of the happiest days of my life, but something depraved is tainting this day. Oh, my goodness. He says, isn't that right, Tammy? And she can't lie to him. And she cries and says, yes. He tells her that he's going to send Gary back away to Tennessee so that she can't be with him anymore. And she begs him not to. She cries hysterically so much that he has to call a nurse in to take the baby away from her. Mm-hmm. And they give her something to make her feel better. Uh oh, it's how mm-hmm. she gets addicted. Cut to a bottle of Ativan. Mm. Oh man. We fast forward to a little bit later. It's clear that Tammy has been maybe abusing the Ativan a little bit. Jim is talking to somebody, a contractor. He's trying to show him something a mock up of the first Christian water park. Oh, it's a water park. So you can get baptized when you slide. Nice. Slide and baptize. <laughs> this is the bap slide. Oh, God, that sounds not good. <laughs> he talks about how much joy it will bring, and the guy who's talking, the contractor, says, yeah, they talk about another water park that kind of lost its flavor after the management changed to something secular. And he's starting to get in kind of interested in the idea, and we see Tammy Faye pretty loopy in the background with a Diet Coke in her hand. And I kind of forgot to mention it, but Tammy Faye loves a Diet Coke. Does she drink it with a straw so as to not mess up her lipstick? Just like my grandmother! (laughs) She's walking around. (laughs) 
he goes, oh, say hi, Jimmy Payne. She goes, hi. Kind of mm-hmm. like, she's like a little fucked up, you know? Yeah. He's almost about to seal the deal with this contractor, but the contractor thinks it's too much of a gamble. Kind of knows what the press has been saying about him, and he doesn't want to gamble on a project like this. He's not a gambling man. Tammy suddenly shows up and looks at the mock-up and talks about how beautiful it is and how amazing it would be and kind of charms the contractor into like another way of thinking about how much joy this would bring to the people. It convinces him to sign on to the project. Later that night at their double vanity bathroom, Tammy goes, you're welcome. And he goes, oh, so uh, I owe you a thank you now. Okay. And he goes, see, he wasn't going to say yes to the project until I stepped in it. And he said, yeah, you were flirting with him, just like you always do. Tammy kind of like comes out of her like state for a minute and she goes, are you gonna divorce me? And he says, I don't know. You fooled around outside of our marriage and our marriage is like very important thing. So I don't really know what I'm going to do yet, Tammy. Tammy cries and she tries to like appeal to Jim, but Jim leaves the room and says, I need to think on it and I need to pray. I don't know what I'm going to do. Do they ever like have a conversation about the mechanics of what actually went down? Like it was inappropriate, but it seems like, I don't know, can he stop pretending like she fucked some other guy? Yeah. (laughs) Seems like a little bit of a double standard, doesn't it? That night, Tammy tries to pray to God for guidance, but for the first time in her life, she cannot hear him or feel him. Jim comes to her the next morning, and he says, I thought about it, and I have been thinking that maybe I've been a better builder than I have been a husband, and you're the only woman who understands me. And she goes, oh, thanks, Jim. He says, I want you to apologize, too. And she says, yes, yes, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for what I did. And he goes, no, I want you to apologize to the partners on live television. No! She does. Wow. We smash cut to her kind of like in a talk show set up. And she's sobbing and talking about her sin and how she apologizes for her sin. And she's going to repent and thanks God for giving her grace for this terrible thing that she's done. And that people should learn from her mistakes. Calls start ringing in. People empathize with Tammy. She's appealed to her audience in this different kind of way. Mm-hmm. Kind of aired their dirty laundry in public, making Jim seem like this great guy. We have another montage of the expansion of their shows and their careers. But we also see that there's a little bit more alcohol and a little bit more drugs and more checks and buildings being built and theme parks being talked about. And how they want to have, like, a big mall with a coliseum where they're going to have concerts at. People will come from all over. There's going to be resorts. The PTL is going deeper and deeper into debt. Articles are flashing in front of the screen about the debt. But here we have uh, Falwell, Jim, and Tammy Faye Baker and their contractor friend looking out on the plot of land where they plan to build their massive shopping mall with a coliseum where they're going to have events at. This next part is... My favorite part of the film, Tammy is doing a special show where they have a television on stage and they get to live feed somebody in another state. I didn't write down the state, but they're calling this guy Steve, who is a gay man and he's battling AIDS. It's currently the middle of the AIDS epidemic Mm -hmm. and she's brought him this, she's battling it right now so he can't be there in person in the studio. So it's this very special thing where they're talking to him through the TV and kind of getting a better perspective on that. She asks him some very deep questions. 
She said, when did you notice that you were different from all the other boys? And he said that he kind of always knew that he was different. And basically what he learned from everybody is don't tell anybody about it and it will go away. And that he tried to program himself to be straight, but he was so unhappy that he finally met some people who were gay and proud of it. And he learned to accept himself and realize that there could be a world where he could love Jesus and he could love himself for being gay at the same time. And she asked him, what did you think when you heard the word AIDS? And they kind of go back and forth. We don't stay on them the entire time because backstage we're watching Falwell and Jim watch the live feed from backstage and how unhappy Falwell is with this thing. Um, Timmy Faye continues the interview and even from the very beginning of the interview, she's like teary-eyed, like she can barely get through. And she just, you can tell that she has like so much love and warmth for this guy who's not even like in the room. He, she asked him what happened when you told your parents. And he said, surprisingly, they were supportive of me. And they told me that, that they would love me through anything because that's what Jesus does. Jesus loves us through anything. And she says, he does. He really, really does. <laughs> and she says, I wish I could stick my hands right through the TV and hold you in my arms. And he says, I want to hold you in my arms too, Tammy Faye. And she kind of like cries and everybody loves the show. Kimmy's a Christian now. <laughs> We've converted her. No, daughter daughter boys. <laughs> That's us to the disciples. I feel <laughs> like... Like, AIDS, as a liberal person, is still a very, very scary thing. But to be, like, dealing with, like, religious persecution, too, mm -hmm. like, on top of the fact that everybody else thinks that you're a leper, yeah. what a scary, scary thing. And this person, who is the pinnacle of, like, religion on television, is bringing that to the forefront and saying it's okay. And I guess, like, in a lot of respects, that is a lot like what Princess Diana did for um, the for, AIDS epidemic yeah. as well. It was a very emotional scene. I loved it. Tammy Faye runs into her dressing room after the interview to pop an Ativan. And then she takes another Ativan. And then she takes another Ativan. She takes a whole lot of Ativan. She has... She's all... Um, Dressed up for her next segment, which is like some kind of beach theme, and there's like fake sand on the stage, and a boat, and like other people with Tammy Faye and Jim Baker on the set, and Tammy Faye is zonked out, mm -hmm. like you can tell, and it's a live television broadcast. Um, she's hallucinating a little bit, and she like lays down on the fake sand and kind of does a s sand angel in it, and she looks at the backdrop and she's like, oh, oh, that's right. Knocks on it. It's fake. That's why you can't, and she can't really like understand what oh she's gosh, saying. Oh gosh, this is all live? It's live. And she kind of like fades out. We don't see it happen. She ends up back at her home, but she OD'd on this Ativan. Aww. Her mom is there and she says, you gotta stop taking that Ativan. Tammy Faye, you know that stuff's addictive. And she goes, well, nobody told me it was addictive. The only, I'm not an addict. The only thing I'm addicted to is Diet Coke. <laughs> <laughs> her mom tries to convince her to quit. And she tells her that God isn't ready for you yet. And it kind of like puts a little bit of sense into 
Tammy Faye, hearing that, you know, love from her mother. God isn't ready for you to die? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Later on, it's been like several weeks now, Tammy Faye's kind of back on her feet. We see her sitting in the living room and she's putting her makeup on. Jim comes in. Is he going to make her feel bad? He walks in kind of gravely and he says, devil's coming for me, Tammy Faye. Okay. And she says, can we talk about Satan some other time? I like, remember that shit, Jim. From the trailer. He tells her that um, there was a woman. Mm-hmm. He, you know, had a transgression. He did sleep with her and paid her to be quiet and she didn't. I want him to have to apologize on the show. I was thinking. I want this, these couples to be apologizing every fucking week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, now a major secular news network has the story from mm. her. And he fell a long way on I'm sorry. And he cries just like he has before. And I'm sorry. And it's like so weak and pitiful. These cries are starting to get a little transparent. Tammy Faye tries to keep it together, but she can't. She sobs. She's so fucking angry. And she says, I'm so sick of my faith in you i've Mm. tried to stand by you while you do all these things and i'm just i'm so sick of my faith in you and he says well i'm sick of you okay you stop taking care of me Uh -uh. you you used to take care of me and you don't do that anymore you're a bottomless pit oh okay Honestly, love this performance. <laughs> Andrew's or hers? Andrew Garfield's performance. I love their fight. Like, yeah. But Andrew Garfield is so unlikable mm. as this guy. And just like... Like in Spider-Man. He's so... <laughs> <laughs> he's so <laughs> oh! I'm totally kidding. <laughs> he's egotistical and he's entitled. And he really does think that he has ownership over these sorts of things and that that's the way that things are supposed to be. And it's so pathetic and horrible. And he does a really good job of making me hate him. Yeah. Anyways, he says that the another problem is that the money that I paid her off with was our, um, our partner's money. And now she's going to tell everybody on a major news network that I slept with her and that I paid them off with the partner's money. Uh, there's a knock at the door and she says, who is that? And he says, there's the men are going to hear and they're going to help. All of the major televangelist people walk in. Falwell is in the lead. They're going to, quote, take care of everything. And Jim tells her that if anyone is going to fall, it's going to be me. I built this thing, and I'm going to be the man that I never was before, and I'm going to take the fall for this thing. Well, that's good. Part of me thought you were going to say, if anyone's going to take the fall, it's going to be you, Tammy Faye. (laughs) Falwell is going to, he tells Jim and Tammy Faye that They're going to step away quietly from the network for a little while and he's going to take over. It's going to be a very seamless transition and we're not really going to talk about it. You're just going to take some time off. Tammy, Faye, and Jim do kind of a final address to publicly apologize for their sins. And it kind of seems like Jim is talking about them in tandem instead of just him like he said he would. Now it's both of their faults and they're Mm -hmm. both sorry. Um, while they're doing the address, it's interspliced with Fall, well, kind of making his rounds to kind of take out the fire. He tells all these different individuals that he they're not going to take everything away from them because they don't want them to fall from grace, but they're going to slowly tar- start taking away their funds and their benefits and everything. And we see them that they're not allowed to stay on the property anymore. They have to go live somewhere else. 
Uh, that means Tammy Faye's mother can't live there anymore. Mm. So she is going to have all their shit taken away. All their house and their belongings are stripped because it was all paid for with the network's money. So they don't get to have anything anymore. Jim Baker going to court. We see Tammy Faye doing some press at the court steps. Then we see Jim Baker being indicted on all counts of fraud. And he's going to go to jail for a long time. And there's this very famous press uh, section of Tammy Faye where she's talking to the press on the courthouse steps. And she goes, well, it's not over till it's over. And then there's media coverage of like mimicry of Tammy Faye. Um, with all the mascara tears, there's SNL skits about her, oh. there's stand-up about her. Um, and the montage is over, and Tammy Faye watches as the last remnants of her furniture and stuff are being taken out of her house. And far off in the distance, paparazzi are taking pictures of her in the house. Tammy prays in her empty house, and she asks God where he's gone. It's 1994 again. Hollywood. Tammy's at a TV station, kind of like a Hollywood studio, and she's there for a meeting, and she's gonna pitch an idea to a TV executive. He's like, okay, Tammy Faye, like, what are you gonna, what are you gonna pitch to us? And she goes, I have a couple pitches, and then I wanna hear what you have to say about what I should do, where you see me in this uh, network. Number one, I wanna do puppets, and it's kind of a talk show, and where people get to talk about their problems. She goes, um, I wanna do a talk show about teens and their feelings because the one thing that they are always saying is that they don't feel like they're being listened to and mm. I would be the person to help them be listened to. He says, you know, Tammy Faye, have you, have you kind of like talked to any of the religious networks about having you on? She goes, they won't have me. And he says, I don't really think that these are gonna work out for us right now. And he rejects her proposals. Mm. Uh, that night in her house, she's watching some TV and she has like a bunch of cats, I think, and dogs and, or something. She has some animals in the house and mm -hmm. she's eating a TV dinner or something. She gets a call from someone who used to volunteer on her show. Aww. She works at the Bible College now. Oh. And she's, uh, they, every year they have like an annual like event and she's wondering if she would want to come as a guest That's and awesome. sing at the college sing mm. time tammy visits jim in prison she tells him that uh you know she got a call from the bible college and they've asked her to sing but uh no i don't think i'm gonna do it i'm not gonna do it they're just gonna laugh at me they're gonna think that i'm ridiculous and jim says that it's his fault that she thinks that about herself and he's sorry uh, she thanks him for signing the divorce papers. And he says that he didn't want to sign it. But he knew that it was the right thing to do. She says, it was. There's just been too much between us. It's too much. And it's time to put that behind us. Tammy gets back in her car. And she looks over at the passenger seat. And her mom is there. And she goes, Tammy? And she goes, Mom? But then her mom's not there anymore. Oh, oh no. Tammy. <laughs> And then we cut to her funeral. Oh, <laughs> like, no. Such a jarring moment that they decided to put in. I thought it was very effective. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tammy and her stepdad sit together in the pews and they kind of joke about things. And she says, you know, I'm sure you're not very excited about doing all this. And he says, I really loved your mother. But, you know, I'm kind of happy that I don't have to pretend to like going to church anymore. Mm -hmm. And then he says, I have something for you. And he gives her 
her mom's mink that she bought for Aww. her. Because <laughs> I thought that they took everything away. And she goes, well, your mom kind of like snuck this out. And she goes, oh my gosh. It's so <laughs> sneaky of her. Now we cut to Oral Roberts, which is the Bible college. And Tammy Faye is backstage getting ready in her dressing room for her performance. She talks to her wig. She says, how are you feeling, Tammy Faye? And she says, well, I'm scared. She prays to God. She says, I forgot who you were to meet, but that's done now. And I won't go looking in the rearview mirror on my life anymore. And she walks backstage to go get ready for the performance. She gets on stage and she says that she was really nervous to get up here today, but she went back to one of her favorite passages, which is uh, Psalms 91. And I was definitely going to go look that up and write it down, but I didn't. It's okay. I memorized oh. it. <laughs> Did you really? No. Okay. <laughs> the audience doesn't really get the reference that she's saying. It's kind of like an awkward moment. Fake Bible fans. <laughs> Seriously. Well, I don't think that it translates very well. Oh. And, you know, she has this huge past kind of looming over her and she's being invited to this she says, I haven't had a concert in a decade, and I'm nervous, but I will do my best to try to deliver him to you tonight. And she sings, and it's kind of shaky at first, but she starts to get really into it. And at the pinnacle of the song, a massive choir is suddenly behind her. Whoa. And an orchestra is backing her up. Wow. But when we see it from another angle, it's just in her mind. That no! That they are back there. It's just her singing alone on stage, but she feels... God's spirit, and she feels like this big orchestra is behind Aww. her, and she sings mm -hmm. so much, <laughs> and she even cries through her singing. It's so cute. <laughs> and then in the bridge of the song, Tammy Faye takes a moment to do, like, you know how you, like, stop the song and kind of preach to people, mm. well, you know, yeah, yeah. this. She goes, I know that, like, God would say to me, I love you, Tammy Faye, and I love you just the way you are. And without God's grace, I wouldn't even be here today. And she belts out the last notes of the song. And I'm pretty sure she says, remember, God loves you. He really, really does. Aww. And that's the end. That's, the a, that's sweet. Yeah, I like their catchphrase. They picked a good one because yeah. it's like really getting the message across. Sounds like only one of them believes it. Yeah. Well, I like how them it kind of like turns the meaning of like... Sometimes when they say it, you know it's pandering, mm -hmm. you know? And then other times they say, you know that it was genuine or the intention started out as genuine. And, yeah. yeah. Um, it's so simple. It really means, it really, like, matters what the intention is, yeah. you know? Definitely. Yeah. I'm glad I did this one. There was a thing at the end of the movie that said, like, where some of the uh, people in the movie are at now. Pat Robertson did end up taking over the 700 Club, mm. and he ran it until very recently, I think, he uh, stepped down. And also, the gay man Steve, who was battling AIDS, is still alive. That's wow. wonderful. And he currently sings in the gay men's choir. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that <laughs> great? <laughs> That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Ratings? I'm ready. All right. Ratings in three, two, one. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Matching. This is a half. So oh, it's you have a middle. I rated it a six. Six and a half. Seven. Yee. Wow, that's so great. I'm so glad they're so close together. Oh, yes. It sounds great. Like, I, I'm getting sad because I feel like my comfortable rating now on this pod is 6.5. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because I'm like, these movies sound good. They don't sound like a five or lower. Yeah. Um, And I'm uh, intrigued by the performances, particularly Andrew Garfield's, because sometimes that, that boy can really bring it. And he's kind of in like a little 
little Garfield songs right now, so that's cool. And then um, Jessica, prosthetics concern me, but it sounds like she really hit the nail on the head with a lot of the emotional moments, and you seem impressed by it. Mm -hmm. It's just the look of it that I'm nervous about. But she's a cutie, and it sounds like she did a good job, and this is an intriguing story that I feel like I know more about now in a, in a more positive way, which I'm happy, because it's... It's kind of hard when you watch a movie about someone you don't know. Like, I like I tried watching that Mrs. America show about Phyllis Schlafly with Kate Blanchett. And I'm just like, you suck. Mm-hmm. It's like the whole time you're like, oh, like, don't you love to hate watch this woman? Gotcha. And I'm like, no, I don't. So uh, this sounds better than that. Mm-hmm. And she just seems like a positive light, hopefully for Jesus in the way that she wanted to be. And that the real woman was not as ill-intentioned as some other people. So good for her. Yeah, I guess, like similar thoughts I gave it a seven because I was like the story was very interesting and I like I like biopics like I like finding out stuff Mm -hmm. about people in a dramatized way like documentaries serve a purpose too but I like even when a biopic is bad I'm like that was fun to get to learn something new and so for that reason and the fact that I know that they're good actors I I just like don't see anything to really knock it for other than like not being my favorite movie Well, I gave it a six. I do attribute that a little bit to the fact that I feel like I didn't truly get to watch it, Mm. like, in in Mm. its whole form, because I was writing the whole time. I did try and, like, give myself times where I thought it was, like, really important, like, to really watch. Yeah, the look of it is not my favorite, but my concern is that I, that she wouldn't be believable as this character, and I... Totally believe it. I, I believe that she is the age that she is in each part. You know, and then I'm going home at night and I'm watching uh, scenes from a marriage. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. she's a totally different believable person. High class, sleuthy, sexy businesswoman or whatever. And then she's Tammy Faye Baker in this. I think one of my minor gripes about it is that I don't think the, the pacing of the film is the best that it could be. They definitely relied on montage to showcase Uh, a lot of what was going on. But these people's lives were packed with stuff. It's kind of hard to get to everything. So I I thought that so much was packed into their life that we didn't get to spend enough time on some parts. So maybe like a little bit of in the editing, I suppose. But yeah, I really enjoyed the performances. I wasn't expecting to get emotional about this movie because it's not something that really connects with me but it does and it can't with anybody mm-hmm. because it's just really what the story is about is about women who loved people of all kinds who wanted to reach as many people as she could it sucks that it got convoluted but that happens and yeah well thanks for listening you guys Yay. Alrighty, we're moving into our watch list ads and recommendations for the week so kayleen here my watch list ad, this is like kind of premature, but we did get some teasers for it and I just was screaming and watched it several times. Don't worry, darling. The mm. Olivia Wilde yeah. movie. Woo! Those yeah. like 10 seconds really got yeah. me pumped up. You know that's not going out until like so fucking long. <laughs> Next year, right? Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean at this point I'm used to waiting for things. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> things we thought we were getting soon were far. Yeah. Um, and then my recommendation for the week is Boy Erased. I only watched it that one time, but I really enjoyed it and what it had to say. And I think it kind of examines religion in very similar ways. Me but, too. Uh, I really like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Courtney here. Adding to my watch list is the new PTA movie. Yeah. Licorice Pizza. (laughs) I didn't realize that that chick is um, from that band. I was going to say. Starring (laughs) one of the Hyde sisters. And I watched Paul Thomas Anderson's Valentine that he did for them. And so it's like, I think it was like 30 minutes or less. It's less, it's under 30 minutes of him directing them in the studio. And it was really good. And so I'm just like, get it, girl. Like, let's go. And that's, that's cool. really cool. And it's like Boogie Nights time period. And it's San Fernando Valley again. And I'm just like, let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited for that. My recommendation for the week is Welcome to Me. Cute. Starring Kristen Wiig. And it examines another woman <laughs> on television. And just the idea that you can spread your ideas through television to people's homes and share your thoughts out loud live. And it examines much more closely the aspect of mental health just how society treats people of that nature as opposed to religion there's not religious themes in it but it is a beautiful movie with strong emotional moments and of course comedy and dynamite acting from Kristen. yeah nice uh for my watch list ad i'm going to add the movie adaptation of the humans Anyone saw Oh, I saw that you added that, and then I found it out and also added it to my watch list. I read the play, but I really am stoked about the cast, and I just really loved the trailer, so I'm hoping... Oh, I didn't know there was a trailer. Yeah, Yeah, there's a trailer. It looks good. Stevie Ann looks really great in it, and I was also, like, on board with Amy Schumer. I was like, okay, and her and Beanie Feldstein, that's a great duo. Yes. My recommendation for this week is I, Tanya. I think that it has a lot of similarities to this movie in that we're examining someone who's been reprimanded in the press for years and years, and now we're getting a better look mm-hmm. at who they are as a person. All right. In spirit of spooky season, join me, Kayleen, risking it all for a movie I've never seen <laughs> called Blowout, starring John Travolta. Has to do a little bit with horror and nefarious conspiracies, says Letterboxd. Wow, we're just pulling out all the Scientology stops. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He's X now, guys. X. Congrats. Round of applause for John Travolta. Right, yeah. So we got some current Scientologists, no Scientologists, former Scientologists. <laughs> Next, we need aspiring Scientologists. This is the Scientologist round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, who's an aspiring Scientologist? I don't know. Is it you? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Catch us then. Hail Phaeton. 